Welcome to 279. It's a Your Money, Your Wealth grab bag this week. We're talking about reducing real estate taxes, leveraging new rental income properties, coordinating your social security benefits with your Roth conversions, and bragging about your 401k balance. The fellows will also get into the ever-popular five-year Roth clocks, converting from your TSP, the difference between a Roth conversion and a backdoor Roth conversion, and paying taxes on conversions. Plus, a chat about Social Security survivor benefits and freezers. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. All right, uh, we got Terry writes in from San Diego. I have a rental in, I-N-N. I thought he was like a rent, like a like a inn, like a little hotel or it's, motel. It's, or something. it's either rental in San Diego or it's a rental in. Yes, in San Diego. Yes, he's got a nice little. Got an extra. Got an extra, extra in, room in there. at the inn. <laughs> he's got an extra room in the inn. Uh, San Diego primary house in Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. I'm selling my primary home in Alabama and moving into my rental. Now, what is the best way to avoid paying too much taxes? Uh, all right. So he's got a rental here in San Diego. He's going to move into the rental in San Diego because he's selling his house in Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So Al, what do you, what would say you? Well, first thing I would say, and I just for fun, I looked up the um, median price of a home in Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. 120000 Oh, all right. What's it here? Uh, 500-ish, okay. let's just say. So um, if you sell a home in Montgomery for 120000 by definition- You're not going to pay any tax. Yeah, your gain on sale is going to be less than 250000 As long as you lived in it, two out of the last five years as your principal residence, your gain can be up to 250,000. So let me explain. You bought the home for 50 grand and now it's worth 120. I'm just making up numbers. So in that example, you got a $70,000 gain. $70,000 gain is less than 250,000. So you pay zero tax, zero um, federal tax. Uh, I assume Alabama is like California and state law follows that. I don't know that for sure. So probably there's no tax to pay in, in Montgomery. And then Terry, I guess when you move into San Diego, into your, into your house or your inn, which, whichever it is, um, let's say it's a house. I think that's what you meant. Um, then you just have to live there two out of five years. And then you get to have a gain exclusion there, but, but realize the, um, Let's see. Let me think how this works. The gain exclusion. It's going to be pro rata depending on when he put it into service <laughs> it, as a rental. It, it is because, right, because you have to look at the number of years it was a rental versus the number of years it was a resident. So you won't get necessarily the whole exclusion. So it's a little bit more complicated. And then there's going to be depreciation recapture too That's if right. you sell it. Yeah. But he can avoid a lot of tax here. Yeah, he so can the, by living in it two years. Right. You, yeah. So you sell. Um, so he's looking for the best way to avoid paying much tax. So he said much tax. Yeah. Not eliminate all tax. Yeah. So Montgomery, unless it's a mansion there, I'm, I'm okay with, I don't think you're going to pay tax. Right. Yet. I mean, if he's married, you got $500,000 exclusion. If you're single, it's 250. So you uh, can yeah. exclude the gain there. You move here to San Diego, you live in that house two out of the next five years, yep. and then you can sell that. You could take part of the exclusion of 250 or 500, depending on if Terry is married or single. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but then there's going to be a pro rata basis on that exclusion, depending on when he put the rental into service. Yeah, and depreciation recapture, as you say. And a lot of people still are stuck in the old rules, you know, once in a lifetime 
you know, you got $125,000 exclusion on your home. The 250 is every two years. It's not once in a lifetime anymore. Every two years, you can sell your residence and get a $250,000 exclusion, 500000 if you're married. Um, he could also, depending on the gain um, in the San Diego house, uh, I don't know. We'd need more information. But I think those are good Yeah, that's, good that's a good start. Now, uh, we got Mark. He writes in from Charleston, South Carolina. I have two questions. I'm 46-year-old divorced father of two teenagers. Ugh. <laughs> that could have been you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. As I read that, I was like, oh, God. Yeah, I'm a 45-year-old single male with no kids. <laughs> I don't know which is more lowlier. <laughs> All right. I, I have... I have 400k in my 401k, 75k in my Roth, 55k in my brokerage account, 30,000 in cash. I also have an investment property paid 120, 95, brings in about 400 bucks a month positive cash flow. I owe 290,000 on my primary, worth about 415. My questions are: All right, should I consider keeping my primary in renting it out next year? I'm refinancing from 3.7530 year to 3.1230 year, no points. I could rent my home out for 2100 with a mortgage of 1700. Then buy another primary, downgrade, keep it two years, and rent that out. And keep that cycle going until I get five rentals. Um, that sounds like there's a lot of leverage there. You could do that. Um, I, a couple thoughts, I guess. Um, it sounds like you're doing this to get a better mortgage. You know, well, better mortgage because it's owner occupied when he gets the mortgage. Oh yeah, yeah. And then when you move out, it becomes a rental. You don't have to get a new loan. So that that is true. I, I, here's what I would caution, and you already mentioned one of them, Joe, which is if you do this too much and there's a another recession, then you're, a lot of leverage is not a great place to be when markets go down, when properties values go down, when it's hard to find renters, when renters can't afford to pay, make uh, payments. So just be careful there. But the other thing uh, that I would tell you is that in many cases, the house that you want to live in is not necessarily the best rental. The, best, the better rentals are kind of the starter homes, kind of the bread and butter working class neighborhoods, you're gonna get better cash flow. You're gonna have more people that can rent those kinds of homes. So I'm not sure I would go this direction. And then when, when I look at your current home, you can rent it out for 2100, the mortgage is 1700. Everyone does that. They think, okay, I got $400 positive cash flow. It's like, what about maintenance? What about taxes? What about utilities? What about vacancy? What about, you know, oh, I gotta fix the roof. You know, and all and on and on and on. So just, just be just be careful. I think you probably will find better rentals than homes that you want to live in. Yeah, and I don't understand where he's going to come up with the cash to buy another house. Well, that's a good point too. He he's got I thirty guess, grand in cash. Yeah. So what what people do is they tend to refinance their mortgages and then keep buying more properties and more leverage. I did that, and that worked for a while until so the market that downturn. <laughs> <laughs> so just be careful. Um, all right, I have a Roth rollover from a former employee uh, sitting in a Fidelity account. Can, should, I move that to my current Roth, I'm maxing out. Also, I max out my 401k and Roth annually. 
Um, all right, so he had a Roth 401k from a former employer sitting in a Fidelity account, and he's looking, should I just move that into my other Roth IRA that he's putting in his $6,500 per year? Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we talked about this maybe last week about there are some benefits of having um, um, money in a in an ERISA type of plan in terms of lawsuits protection. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, I think it's simpler to have fewer accounts. Well, since he's going to be a real estate mogul. <laughs> have to get sued by his tenants. <laughs> you have to keep money, keep money, keep it in the 401k plan. Um. Also, you always talk about Roth conversions and backdoor Roths. I cannot get my head wrapped around of what they are. Please explain. Um, explain Roth conversions. Yep, and backdoor Roths. Okay. Well, you have $400,000 in your 401k plan. So that 401k plan, and he's got 55000 in his Roth but he says, I also max out my 401k and Roth annually. So he puts $6,500 into the, the Roth IRA, I'm guessing. And then he's got a 401k that he's maxing out because he's got 400000 in that. But he, he said he's got an old employer account at Fidelity that's a Roth. So sometimes people get confused. They don't really, Roth is just the after-tax component of a 401k plan if you have a Roth provision in the plan. Right. And it sounds like he does in some former plan. So, because he asked, should I just keep it in the Fidelity account or put it into my other Roth that I max out? Yeah, so, okay, I, I think I'm reading that differently now because maybe it looks like uh, that's not in a former player account. That's just, that's just in a, it was a rollover sitting in his own Fidelity account. Maybe he has two different Roths. I don't, I don't know. Right. I have a Roth rollover from a former employer sitting in a Fidelity Yeah, account. yeah. So I was thinking that was a 401k. He calls so, okay. it a rollover, which sounds like he's already rolled it over, right? He's already rolled it over. So, so yeah, you might as well just put it in the same account. Got but, it. But the question on Roth conversions, I mean. It's just taking pre-tax dollars and making them tax-free. Yeah, and you do that by taking money out of your 401k and you convert it to a Roth IRA. Now, the, the, the plan itself, now he's 46, so he's not probably eligible for in-service withdrawal, so he'd probably have to do it in plan, wouldn't you think? If he, yeah. To do a Roth conversion. In other words, if, you're, if your current 401k has a Roth component, then generally they will allow you to do conversions in plan. And then, of course, you just pick how much you want to convert. It's, there's no limit. You can convert the whole thing, but that would put you in the highest tax bracket. So you wouldn't want to do that. You pick how much you want to convert. You go ahead and convert it and just be aware you got to pay taxes on that by, you know, when tax season comes around. So the $400,000 that he currently has in a 401k plan is growing tax deferred. Yeah. And at some point, he's going to have to pay taxes on the 401k dollars that he pulls out for income. That's right. And at 46 years old, then it's looking at, all right, well, he's a single dad. Uh, maybe, I don't know if you file head of household or not. I'm not sure what your income is, uh, but you might want to take a look at where do you think tax brackets are going to go in the future? And depending on what your income is, does it make sense to do a conversion? In some cases, it makes sense to say, you know what, I believe tax rates are going to go up or, hey, I've already accumulated 400000 I'm 46, I'm going to work another 20 years and I'm maxing this thing out. Hey, Al, put this in your calculator, $400,000 present value, $25,000 a year for the next 25 years at 7%. Okay. How many years? 25. 25. Oops. 7, 25. Oops, always 25. sounds good on the radio. 
Three million. Three three point seven million. All right, almost four million bucks. So let's say if Mark does nothing else and works twenty five years, that's kind of a long time. He's forty six. I don't know if he wants to work twenty five years. That's seventy. But yeah. seventy is going to be like the new fifty. Yeah, you've been saying that years. for years. You still believe that? Yeah, without question. In twenty five years, okay, we'll, we'll be taking pills and I'll look like I'm twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Um. Anyways, that's, so, that's my so, theory. You know, Rick Kellerman thinks we're going to live to one hundred forty. Uh, 125, he told me. Is that- but then when I had a beer, he said, you know, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I think in moderation, it's okay. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, so he could have a pretty big chunk of money in, in, in a 401k plan. So I guess the point is this, Mark, is that you can take money from a pre-tax account, move it into a Roth account. You pay the tax as you move the money. But then it's like you're making these Roth contributions of – $6,000 per year, you could take the 400000 that you have, you can move 6000 from that and move it into a Roth IRA. You pay the tax on the 6000 So instead of coming out of cash flow, you could just convert it. A backdoor Roth is that if you do not qualify for a standard Roth IRA contribution, but you're already maxing out the Roth, so it doesn't apply to you. So that means you qualify for a straight contribution um, if your income is, let's say, under what, it's 130? One, one, 124. Okay, 125 grand. Um, then you qualify to do a Roth contribution. If it's over that, you start phasing out. And so that's why people are then putting money into a non deductible IRA and then converting those dollars into a Roth. And conversion just means you're converting it from pre-tax to Roth money. So all future growth will grow tax-free for you, but you pay the tax on the balance that you convert today or in April. So hope that helps, bud. Um, if, you, if, if you need more clarification on any of this, uh, just shoot us another email. Um, but yeah, if, 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 if he doesn't know what Roth conversions is, how is he listening to the show? Well, that's he keeps listening. Trying He's like, to, what the hell are these guys like they, talking about? They, they never explain it. They just keep saying, do a conversion. The backdoor uh, Roth is the one that always confuses me. That one, I think, is the one that requires more explanation because the well, other is there's, there's, a lot, the there's a lot to it. Yeah. The back door? How about the, the garage door? <laughs> I like the mega. The barn door. The barn door. We recently did a live webinar on the stimulus package and retirement taxes, which of course means that Joe and Big Al answered many listener questions about Roth conversions live and on the spot. Check out that webinar replay in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com by clicking the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app. The show notes are a critical part of this podcast. That's where you find not only the webinar so you can watch us be awkward on camera, but you'll also find the transcript of this podcast and free financial resources resources like our guide to the five-year rules for Roth withdrawals and the Social Security Handbook. Plus, if you've got money questions, you can just click the Ask Joe and Al on air banner there in the show notes as well and send them in as a voice message or an email. See, the show notes have got everything you need. Speaking of Social Security, let's address a couple of questions on that very topic now. Um, Mark writes in from New York. What does he say here? I have $2 million in my 401k. Uh, my, that's that's kind of, of bragging, right? I know. I mean, like, you open with that. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's you know what like, I got? Hey, Joe and Al. I, yeah. Andy, thanks a lot. I got, I got some, I got $2 million. It's like, hey, <laughs> I got a couple million I like bucks. that. 
either that's cocky or it's just he's, he's just, just he's proud he's, he's, he's pr- right out he's the gate proud the of the, the, the accomplishment which uh, uh, you know what anyone that has two million dollars in a 401k i would say great yeah um good saver unless he's worked for the same company for 50 years and they match and they them. put money in yeah. or, or he worked for uh what google or amazon <laughs> He put in nothing and it grew 100 times. <laughs> uh, my wife and I want to retire at 60. Okay, I have earned more than her. God, yeah, he is a prayer. Look at this guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, look at that. Man, I have earned way more than my wife. <laughs> and I got $2 million, I got two million in million my bucks. 401k. Don't know about her. Uh, I plugged our information into Social Security calculators, and they say for her to take Social Security as early as possible, age 62, and for me to take my Social Security as late as possible, age 70. I understand why that is. I also want to max out Roth conversions from age 60 to 70 up to the 12% bracket. I understand it may change to the 15 in the future. I'm trying to figure out if it's better for my wife to take her Social Security at 62 and therefore reduce the amount of conversion until 70 or my wife to take her Social Security at age 70 and therefore increase the amount of conversion until 70. Thank you. That's, um, Mark is grinding the numbers here. He is. He's an engineer. He's guaranteed. Spreadsheets. Yeah, yeah, you bet. <laughs> he's got his own social security calculator. He probably, created, probably wrote Mark the code from to it. Spreadsheet City, New York. <laughs> oh, guaranteed. And not only that, not only does he have the spreadsheet, he understands the results and why they're so. <laughs> he really got into it. Well, Mark, why is that? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Mark, I got a couple of clients. Um, that, you know, it might be your situation. Help me out here. You know, I, I need a social security claim. It spits strategy. out that answer, and I don't know why. <laughs> um, I'm curious to know what the numbers are. What? I mean, the guy's bragging that he's got two million bucks and he makes so much more than his <laughs> wife, but he doesn't give us the social security numbers. No. Um, he's probably maxed out, I'm guessing, on his Social Security. Yeah, and, well, he makes a lot more. Than Way so, more. So, so <laughs> she doesn't have much Social Security benefit. <laughs> That's how I read this. Yes. So I wonder why, I wonder, did you, is she eligible for the spousal benefit? Well, that's what I'm thinking. If, if she takes it at 62, then it would screw up the spousal. Uh, yeah. And then how old is he and her? Are right. they the same age? Right. Right. Or is she health impaired? That's why she should take it early. I, you know, I don't know. There's a lot we don't know. Mark. I mean, your spreadsheet is one thing, but real life is another. <laughs> we need more. We like but that he would just say, my health is way better than my wife. <laughs> you should see me naked. Uh, I'm, I'm like a 45-year-old. Yeah. I look like Joe, not like Al. <laughs> I am ripped. And uh, my wife, not so much. <laughs> What's the question anyway? <laughs> what should he take this? So, like, should he, should he, oh, push her he, social security? No, the answer is probably not. I think that because you're only converting to the top of the 12% tax bracket, if you got $2 million in your 60 or you're retiring at 60, we need to know a lot more to get to the right conversion strategy in regards to a what's your other income source is going to be and how much money you're spending. Yeah. And because you have to have cash or non-qualified assets or real estate income or things like that that you can live off of while you're doing your conversion strategy from 60 to 70. I'm assuming, and based upon the $2 million in a 401k, <laughs> the RMD is going to be huge. Right. Right. You should be probably converting to the 22 or, yeah. or 24. Yeah, 24 is a giant bracket, but for sure the 22 at least take a look at. Yeah. 
plug those in your spreadsheet because where do you think the, t- the 12 is going to the 15? I mean, I, I agree I, with that. I got to imagine that he's going to be in the future 25% bracket at least. At least. Yeah. Right. And if he's pushing his Social Security up to age 70, and even if the wife takes it at 62, um, you know, well, one and leg and all. It's, it's, it sounds <laughs> like she's got so low a benefit, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I it's could put an extra for $46 if she would wait till retirement. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, Mark. Well, good luck with that. Uh, we need some clarity. We got Lori from Temecula. Uh, she writes in, Al, Joe, Andy, hello. My name is Lori, and I live in Temecula. It's very well put, Lauren. Yeah, it is. And Temecula really... is about an hour northeast of San Diego. Yeah, a little wine country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have two questions. One for Big Al, the tax acts. Tax acts. Ah! How about that? That's badass. <laughs> nice. And one for Joe. <laughs> we should call him no. Joe, not Joel. True. <laughs> the tax acts. <laughs> yeah. I've that's... never been called that. That's the... I like that. I do. Big Al, the tax acts. First question to Al, and I know you have covered this many times, uh, so you shouldn't have to dig deep. I'm currently 59 and a half and have 401k at my work with a balance of $200,000. The plan has a Roth provision within the plan earlier this year before I turned 59 and a half. And against my husband's advice, bad wife, I converted $40,000 from my regular 401k account into the 401k Roth account within the plan. Our tax bracket this year will be lower than most years. And since my plan allows two conversions a year, I plan on converting another $60,000 this year in the Roth 401k account. Can you explain how the five-year clock works on each conversion funds? So I would say, um, Laura, you're not a bad wife. You're actually just fine. So here's the rule. The rule is when you do a, a Roth conversion, before the age of 59 and a half, you've got to wait five years to access the conversion dollars itself without paying a penalty, right? Until you turn 59 and a half. I know, I was getting there. You're ahead of me. So I'm just got to keep you honest. That's, that's the basic rule, right? right? Every time you do a conversion, you got to wait five years until, that's what I was about to say, until yeah. you interrupted me. Sorry. Until you turn 59 and a half. Once you turn 59 and a half, that five-year rule is gone. And so you can access those uh, the conversion amounts anytime you want. Now, the five-year uh, rule with regards to earnings, you do have to wait five years from your first Roth, regardless of any age. If you've been doing this for a while or if, you, or if you've done, had a Roth of any type before, then you're good to go on that as long as you had it for five years. So, I guess the questions that I have for Lori is that does she have another IRA or Roth IRA, I mean, another Roth IRA outside of the 401k Roth? Because then she could... Because a five-year clock, it sounds like she just started doing the Roth. Could be. And the 401k anyway. Yeah. Uh, but she's, I guess her real question too, um, or another question she had here is that she's got, she wants to do two conversions in the same calendar year. Um, and so it doesn't matter. The five-year clock is each conversion doesn't have its own five-year clock because it's in the same calendar year. Yeah. Well, that's true too. Right. The IRS yeah. doesn't look at, oh, you did one conversion here and then you did another conversion there. It's like, yeah. what was the total conversion for the entire year? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, now you're over 59 and a half. You can access that 40,000 and then the 60,000 immediately. Correct. Okay. I have a social security question for Jones mentioned. I will turn 60 later this year. I have worked most of my life and have my own social security account. I plan on retiring early at age 63 and it appears my social security at the time will be $22,000 per year. 
My husband will turn 65 this year and is eligible for his Social Security in December 2021. His full Social Security amount is $34,000. My husband is planning on delaying his Social Security until age 70 when the amount should increase to around $42,000. My husband is not in the best health. So if I take my Social Security at age 63 and my husband passes away before age 70 and before claiming his Social Security, what effect does this have on me? At what rate? Will I assume my husband's Social Security? Uh, would it be better for me to wait and not claim my Social Security until my husband reaches age 70 or until he passes? Jesus, Lori, this well, is depressing. Just, just being realistic, apparently. My husband is delaying his Social Security because I'm in good health and most people in my family live until they're 90. So I don't want him to delay his Social Security benefit to help me uh, later or to be canceled out. A very interesting question. Yeah, it is. A, it's a good question, actually. All right. So her concern is that she's like, I'm going to take her benefit. I mean, she's going to take her own benefit, right? Uh, did I read that right? At 63. And so she's going to take $22,000 from her own benefit. Um, he's going to wait until 70 to get 42000 He's 65. She's like, he's not going to make it another five years. Yeah, that's what she's thinking. I mean. So I think I think your question that it, it, it actually if he dies before claiming the benefit, yeah, what let's, benefit let's will st- she we'll, get as a survivor benefit? Let's start with there. Asking. Yeah, let's start with there. Well, one of the questions she's asking, or one of her concerns, is if she takes her benefit early, is that ha- going to have any effect on the survivor benefit? And the answer is no. That's correct. It would on a spousal benefit, but not on a survivor. So if you claim yours early and he's waiting to age 70, and let's say he makes it to age 70, claims his benefit, then drops dead, then you would receive the benefit as a survivor benefit of his age 70. Just because you claimed your benefit early would not affect your overall survivor benefit. So, so in that particular case, if you're pretty sure that your husband is not going to live that long, then you might as well take your benefit as early as you can because his is higher. His is going to be higher. Right. And then... So you don't lose out. Correct. Because if you didn't take any and then he passes, you, you miss those years that you could have been collecting. Because you're going to take the survivor anyway. Yeah, it'd be the same number you're gonna, either yeah, way. Right. You're going to take the higher of the two. Is this, Unless, well, not necessarily here because she could take uh, the survivor benefit and delay her benefit, but his benefit is going to be larger anyway. So it'd probably break even. It would be a lot of work and you'd probably yeah. confuse the hell out of social security administration. Yeah. Probably. Because you could, but he's still alive. He's not even dead. Yeah. She probably is not. He probably doesn't listen to the podcast. I, I, exactly. Right. I don't know what the hell she's plotting. Yeah. My husband's pissed at me because I did a conversion. So I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll show him. I don't think he's going to make it. I don't think he's going to make it because he's so sure. upset. <laughs> Oh my God. But I think one question is if he doesn't make it to age 70, then, then your benefit as a survivor will be what he would have received on the date of his death. So in other words, if he makes it to age 68 and a half and whatever his social security benefit would have been on that day, that's what you get as a survivor. Just keep, um, yeah, I, I like her plan. Let him defer, take hers at 63. Yeah, I do too. If you really think that his life expectancy is that short, um, keep, keep him alive till he's seventy. Yeah, yeah, you know, or you, you could. Um, what was that? What was that show? Um, housewives of something or whatever. Um, Desperate Housewives. Desperate Housewives. Yeah. yeah, where they put the the old man. 
Yeah. Uh, that lady, she put the old man in the freezer. Yeah. Because <laughs> because the, the, the pension checks kept I forget, coming in. Oh, I forgot that, but that sounds right. And then, it, you know, all the ladies went around. They're like, oh, God, did you hear Mildred killed her husband? <laughs> and then she's like, no, I didn't kill my husband. He died watching TV, eating ice cream or something like that. But I put him in the freezer so I could get the Social Security checks. <laughs> I, 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 I missed that episode. No, but, yeah, well, DVR it or I think it's on Netflix now. Probably. Um, there's there's been a lot of stories though, um, with with things like that happening. Right. right. Where you know, spouses in freezers? Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. What what shows have you have you been watching? I I don't know. I, too I read much. the paper. I haven't seen that happen too much. Uh, yeah, Kohler is a pretty. Big freezer company. They have their own, um, you know, Big Albert. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big problem with those big freezers. Yeah, the, the, you know, so they're like I they try know. to make them where you can't put a whole body in. Well, no, there's there's certain companies specializing that. I'm sure. <laughs> We don't have any freezer suggestions for you, but the Social Security Handbook will tell you all about applying for Social Security benefits, spousal and survivor benefits, the difference between claiming early and late, taxation of Social Security, and much more. It's yours to download for free from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Also available in the show notes, as mentioned earlier, is our guide to the five-year rules for Roth IRA withdrawals. When you establish your account and how old you are matter when it comes to taking money from that account. So make sure you know how the five-year Roth clocks work before you start pulling that money out. To access all of these free resources, to ask money questions, and to share the YMYW love, just click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes. All right, uh, let's go to Marion from Fresno. She writes in, hi, Andy and guys. Oh, look at that. Oh, boy. First billing. Stop billing, Andy. All right, Marion. and I are good friends. Uh, was listening to 274. People like 274. God, that was a good show. 272. That was a really good 271 show. 271 was the one that was the problem. Well, the uh, TSP administration allow me to separate my actions between my Roth TSP and traditional TSP accounts. If so... Um, I could do a Roth conversion from my t- traditional portion of the TSP to my Roth TSP or to my Roth IRA without touching my current Roth TSP. In the past, I have to use my TSP to manipulate my taxable income so I could get a lower tax rate on my capital gains. Uh, all right, Marion, the no, you cannot convert, I think is what Marion's asking, a, a, a TSP traditional to a TSP Roth. So they don't allow conversions in a TSP? Interplan. They don't allow interplan. Do not. Oh, wow. You can't even convert a TSP directly to a Roth. Okay. That's why you got to hit the IRA first and then convert. So you got you got Or then people got, are doing these 60-day stupid rollovers and blowing yeah. themselves up. So the best way to do it is to do do a direct rollover. Trustee to trustee. Tr- trustee to, is that what you call it? To Tr- an IRA. Trustee to and trustee. And from there to a Roth. Yeah. Because you would do your in service from the, right. I would get the money out of the TSP. I know people love the TSP. So people are going to write me emails of saying, <laughs> right, because it's free. Yeah, but there's a lot of restrictions there too, depending on the, you know, if you got, um, I mean, it depends on how complex you want to get. Right. If you got a couple hundred thousand dollars and you got a nice pension and you don't spend a lot of money, then absolutely keep it in the TSP. But if, you know, you got Roth, you got after tax, you got like, remember when we blew up the overall in-service or the, 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 the people that were um, in a war zone and then they had all this other after tax and then we got voicemails um, <laughs> explaining all this stuff. 
Oh yeah, that was. And our- thank you very much, all of you, for your service. Yes. Um. So don't get me wrong. I love the TSP. However, there's some inflexibility with the TSP that you might want to look at potentially making your life a little bit easier. So uh, you cannot do an interplan conversion. Uh, so, but uh, however, they have changed the rules with the TSPs in regards to distributions. If you kept it in the TSP, you could say, I want to take out X amount of dollars from my Roth and X amount of dollars from my uh, pre-tax to control your taxes that way. If you're taking distributions versus a pro rata basis, like a lot of other 401k plans do. Um, so I don't really know what he's trying to do or Marion's trying to do. I don't know if that's a, a male or female, um, female. but what, pardon me. Marion is female. I've heard of Marion as a male as well. This is, My, this is Marion that is a regular listener of our show who helped us with the Roth five-year clock uh, white paper. Yeah, I'm, I remember her. Oh, so you're BFFs is what you're saying. That's what I said at the start, yeah. Oh. That's why it's hi, Andy, and guys. Oh. You got to listen, Joe. I'm, I'm wearing headphones that I can't hear you very well. <laughs> <laughs> we had this discussion too. You don't have to wear them. I like to hear Alan breathe. Just make sure it's live. <laughs> You know I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, it's just that way, case. you know I'm not gonna <laughs> just fall asleep on me here in summer. Leave. Well, I can still breathe and be asleep. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, um, converting IRA uh, question in uh, Richard from Encinitas. <clears throat> I'm building up a long position in physical silver and gold in one of my IRAs. Oh God. Just that first sentence makes me vomit in my mouth. <laughs> Which do you like that first sentence or I have two million dollars? I don't in know. My 401k. I'm building or a, a divorce with two kids. Physical silver and gold in my IRA. Okay. Knowing that taxes will probably be going up, I'm thinking of converting this to another Roth, even though I'm fully employed so far this year. I figured there'll be enough another crash coming. It will push down the value of my IRA, and at that point at which I would like to convert it so that taxes will be minimized. Is the conversion value when it's made or when the taxes are paid? Thanks, Rich. Uh, Rich, good question. It is when the conversion is made. Correct. But if you think the market's going down, why do you have a long position in silver and gold? Yeah, you want to get out. Because right, get out and then go into stocks. Put it, or put in cash. And let, then wait for the market down, to tank. And, and then buy it back. And then buy, buy, your, buy your, your, your hedge so in the Roth after. That's called market timing. That's very hard to do successfully. But he wants to build a long position versus a short position. Got it. Yeah, he's not don't, short don't want to short silver. the gold. He's not going to short gold. No, I don't want to be short gold either. I want, I want to <laughs> he's got a long. long stack of pieces. <laughs> oh, So I don't know, but... Well, it's, it's, I like the tax play. I just hate the investment play. Well, and the, yeah, the <laughs> I like the idea of doing a conversion while the market's down. That you can predict the market's going to crash again. I mean, nobody knows that. If we did, then we'd all be multimillionaires, right? Yeah. We got James from Arizona. Hello, Joe, Al, and Andy. I already transferred my 2019 non-deductible IRA contribution to my Roth IRA in January 2020. Backdoor Roth contribution. Boom. I immediately funded my 2020 non-deductible IRA to the maximum. I was originally thinking I would wait until January 2021 to roll that amount into the Roth. But since the value is down a bit now, is it okay to transfer this to my Roth now since 
that will make two transfers in one year, and I don't want to raise any red flags. No, you don't want to do red flags. Red flags, you might get audited yeah. and go to jail, yeah. James. Uh, thanks for sticking with the show during these trying times. Your dedication to your listeners is greatly appreciated. Be safe, James, in Arizona. Ah, well, thank you, James. Uh, that is nice. But, James, yes, thank you for making sure that you check with us before you do anything to get your red flags by the IRS. That's always good. Uh, there's no red flags here. I agree. It's all that. green flags, buddy. You can go ahead. Um, you made the IRA contributions. Let's say you didn't make a, an IRA contribution for 2019. And it is now June something or whatever. Um, yeah, June 3rd, I think. June 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, something like that. 3rd. When does this thing come out? It's going to be on the radio on June 6th. It'll be on the podcast uh, probably in a couple of weeks. Yeah, June 6th, 7th, 14th. Um, as long as I make them before July 15th. Yes. I can make two IRA contributions because the IRA deadline's July 15th this year. Yeah, so you can do one for 2019 and one for 2020. And then I make both of those contributions. They're both non-deductible. And then I could do one conversion. Yeah, or you could do two conversions. Or, and, but he did it differently. Yeah. He did one, converted, and then do the other and convert it. No, nope, no problem. Yep, nope. No, no problem at all. That, that's not even a that's, – that's a pure green flag. That's no problem at all. Yeah. Uh, be, well, I've done that in the past too, though. Uh, just make sure when you do your taxes that you got the correct basis uh, instead of $5,500 or – $6,500, um, I don't know how old James is, but because the balance is lower, right? Usually when I do a backdoor Roth, I make the contribution that I just convert it. Yeah. And I think that's, that would be best practice for right. most people because in most cases, the stock market trends up, not down. So you want to get your conversion in before the account appreciates. Because then you would have to pay tax on yeah. the appreciation. Right. Now, if the, if the market goes down after you do the conversion, then you can convert then, you know, and then the, the growth is tax-free. Yeah. There's no growth. Yeah. I mean, because it's down and down. Yeah, it's even. down. Yeah. Right. So, but future growth. Just um, before you could um, – never. I'm not even going to go there because you can't even do it anymore, so that would just be a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> Raul from Chula Vista. I'm a former customer. Okay. Oh, when, when, it, when it starts out with, I'm a former, former. customer. I got to tell you, your advice is just <laughs> awful. <laughs> I'm afraid to read this. Oh, boy. Here we go. Um, and first of all, I don't, we don't really have customers either. We don't sell widgets. We have clients. But anyway. We have relationships. Yes, we do. Long term. Uh, not with Raul. Uh, I want to say thank you for your great guidance. Your company gave us. I just don't know why we're not giving it anymore. He wants to just get it from the podcast. I guess. One, one and done. <laughs> oh, God. The question I have for you is about Roth conversions. My wife presently has a six-figure regular IRA. Uh, she just turned 62. I'll be turning 67 in a few months. We would like to convert that IRA to a Roth IRA. The only hitch is we do not have any other outside dollars to pay the tax. What is the issue with holding the taxes from the IRA itself. In one of Joe's podcasts, he mentioned not to do this. If we do RMDs later, we will be taking the distributions and having tax withheld. How is this any different in having the taxes withheld for the conversion? We are presently in the 22% tax bracket. I have 
calculated that when we have to start taking RMDs and we'll be in the 25% tax bracket. Presently, I have a pension and we both receive Social Security. This income covers all of our expenses. Uh, my pension also covers my IRMA costs for Medicare. Um, I have done all the tax calculations and I do not see a problem converting a set of annual until all of it is converted before we have to take RMDs. We do not need the income from the IRA and will most likely pass this money to our kids. I would appreciate your help on this. Well, Raul, if you didn't fire us, probably give you a little bit more detailed information here. <laughs> In most cases, you do not want to do a conversion and then pay the tax within the IRA because you're paying tax, pay the tax, pay the tax, put it into a tax-free account. Um, so we're against it in most cases. I think in Raul's case, since he's ran the numbers, I'm sure there's no flaw in his numbers. Right. Um, if he doesn't need the money and there's a large balance there and he's living off and he's going to be in a higher tax bracket once the RMDs, then I don't, I, I, I'm okay with this, but I mean, the main, the main two things that why we don't like this one is if you're under 59 and a half, there's a 10% penalty that you pay for the withholding, which seems like a total waste. And the second reason we don't like this is if you use outside money, you get more in the Roth. So that's a better way to go. But when you don't have any money and you, you're in the right tax brackets, I don't have a problem with this. Okay. All right. Well, Raul, thank you for being a former customer. Appreciate it. Yeah, hopefully we'll do better next time. <laughs> Please come back. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. For a much more detailed and personalized analysis of your financial situation than you can get from listening to this podcast, click the big green button that says Get an Assessment at YourMoneyYourWealth.com or call 888-994-6257. Schedule a free financial assessment video call with a certified financial planner from Pure and find out if you're really on track for retirement. Visit YourMoneyYourWealth.com or call 888-994-6257. That's 888-994-6257. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision.